All right, here we go. Good evening. Today's daf is daf pay test. Page 89. We're in the middle of Perek HaChoyvel. And we're going to pick up on the bottom of Pei Ches Amud Beis. 88B. We are up to Avar Amar Rav Idi Bar Oven, which is two lines from the bottom. Now let's remind ourselves of where we're at. We really have a fascinating uh, sugya, monetary sugya, um, uh, in front of us pertaining to our um, our discussion from yesterday, which is, what was our primary discussion yesterday? If somebody has rights to the produce, does that give them any level of ownership in the field itself? So a woman owns land, the husband has rights to the produce, what sort of, uh, what sort of uh, ownership does the husband have now? Now, Lamai Nafkamino, who cares? He doesn't own the actual land. So the the, the Nafkamino, the difference is going to be is that if we say that the fact that the, the husband has rights to fruits also gives him an element of ownership, now the wife should not be allowed to sell her land either. Even though she has the actual land, but the husband has an element of ownership here. So maybe he could block her sale. So we ended off yesterday saying that in Usha, they established... That if a woman sells nichse malug while her husband's alive, the husband still has rights to that property. Okay, and that's where that's where which means which means that he could remo- he could stop the sale. Okay, now let's pause for a minute and and talk about what this whole thing is, and and we'll we'll come to explain. All right, let, let's let, let's explain first. Let's explain what nichse malug are. Let's get into the kishkas of things because this is going to be very helpful for today's daf. And not so many, uh, not such a long daf, so we have a, a couple minutes to prepare. Let's go. A woman comes into marriage owning land. Is it hers? Sure, certainly, it's hers. She has two options in halacha, how to handle this land. One option is to turn this land into nichsei tzon barzel. What does that mean? She could choose... To put into her ksuba that when the husband dies or they get divorced, the value of her land automatically goes back to her. Goes back to her. She gets her value right back. Along with the ksuba, along with everything else, the husband has to pay the 200 zuz if she's a basula, 100 zuz if she's a, if she's a baula, and any value of land that she's currently bringing into the marriage goes back to her automatically. No matter what the value is at the time of death or divorce. Now let me ask you a question. Is that giving her the upper hand or the husband the upper hand as far as ownership is concerned? Not as far as financially, as far as ownership is concerned. So what this is doing, what this is doing is saying that she owns the land, but the husband is forever responsible to the value. From the fact that the husband has complete responsibility on the value means that we're giving him a very strong element of ownership. What does ownership mean? You're responsible for it. So this husband, if it's Nichsei Tzayim Barzel, has pretty stark bilus, has pretty strong ownership because he's, he's the one who's taking on responsibility for the total value. By Nechsei Tzayim Barzel. She has another option. Option B is called Nechsei Malug. She's coming into the marriage with real estate. 
land, a field, she could say, my property is nechsei maluk. What does nechsei maluk mean? I own it. Produce goes to my husband. Now the reason why the produce of the land that's hers goes to her husband is in compensation for the fact that he has all the financial responsibilities to her, to feed her, and all the other financial of the ksuba. So the husband's going to gain right to the produce. But nechsei maluk is not part of her ksuba, which means if, if he dies, or whenever they get divorced, the land goes back to her. Now, if the land went down in value, it's her loss. If it goes up in value, it's her loss. So in that way, the husband really doesn't have much of a right to the land. He just has right to produce. So again, is it, we, are we clear? What's Nuxay Tzayim Barzel? It's like written into the contract of Aksuba that the husband's shouldering full burden of the value. She's guaranteed the value back. If it stays Nuxay Malug, then she just is keeping ownership and the husband can have, can have produce. Now, in Usha, they said like this. In Usha, they said that Nechsei Malug, is it hers? What would you say? Nechsei Malug, is it hers? So if she sells it while they're married, should it be a valid sale? Absolutely. So if the husband wants, now they get the, now, now, the, now uh, you know, um, the husband wants to take it back from the buyers after she dies. Could he do it by Nechsei Malug? So we would say, no. Why not? Because it, it was hers. And Usha, they enacted that the husband could take it back. Against Svara, against logic of ownership, they enacted, they strengthened the husband's hand to be allowed to, uh, to, be allowed to take it back. Okay, why? Because since... When a woman dies, if let's say the woman dies first, or they don't get divorced, right? And then the woman dies first. A husband inherits nechsei malug. So they, the chachamim and usha, they were concerned that since the husband went into the marriage expecting that there's a chance, a very strong chance, that he could inherit, the, he could inherit this land. So they kind of strengthened the husband's lien on the property to a point that he can even block a sale. Even though, again, Malug is hers, right? Again, what's the difference between Sain Barzal and Malug? I want to make sure we have this clear. Sain Barzal means husband's taking on full achrayas. He has like an ownership now. Malug is, she's holding on to anything. The valid should be, the sale should be valid if she sells it. And Usha, they enacted not like that. Now that we have clarity as to the difference between Malug and Nechzei Sain Barzal, let us get into, uh, let, let us get into the sugi. Omar Ravidi Baravan. Here we go. Two lines to the bottom of Pechas Amar Beis. Ravidi Baravan says, "Afnan Amitino." We also learned in a Mishnah. We don't have plenty of shigiris. This of Inasan Ktuvasa. Witnesses come and say, "We testify about Yankul that he divorced his wife and he paid her her ksuba." So everything's all fine and dandy on Yankul's end. Top of today's daf. Verehi tachtav umisha mashtai, and that's not true. The truth is, they're still married. They're still married. We we see she's living with him. She's saying, "I'm not divorced." And they're saying the husband divorced her and paid the ksuba. Okay. Venim su zaimim. And now they're found out to be zaimim. Somebody else said, what are you guys talking about? You're claiming she got divorced on this date in this place. There's no way you saw her, uh, you, you saw her get divorced. So what do we do? We don't say to them that they have to pay her her entire ksuba. Because since they said that she already received her ksuba, what they're doing is giving her a potential loss. Because now, if they would be right, she would never collect her ksuba. She's already paid off. Now they're found to be zaymimen. So maybe they should pay her the value of the ksuba because they, they, they uh, were causing her potential loss. But since we don't know for sure that she's going to get the ksuba at all, so what do you got to pay? You got to pay 
of Ksuva. Taita Sana is a fascinating, it's very hard how to uh, translate this into uh, English. Taita Sana means the, the value of ownership. The value that you're in control. You know, the, 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 there's a value to being in charge of something or being able to distribute something. Like for example, if somebody has tzedakah funds that they set aside, there's a taivasana in being able to decide how to allocate that tzedakah funds. That has value. To be the one who's the decision maker over here, and to, that also has an, element of, has an element of value. So what's ezu taivasana ksuva? So what do you mean you have to pair the taivasana of the ksuva? You say, listen, this woman is taka married to her husband. If she were to go on the market to sell her ksuba now, she walks over to somebody and says, I want, I want cash. I'll sell you my ksuba. Now, is the guy ever going to be able to collect? We don't know. We don't know if the husband's... Yeah, yeah. People sell their life insurance policies. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she has, she has access to funds. It's worth it. It's worth it for her. Right? Interesting, right? Right, she says, "Listen, Maxuva, my husband wrote it to Maxuva. It's going to be seven point two million dollars. We got married. He had a lot of money, so he's, he owes me seven point two million dollars. Now, if I die first, I'm going to get nothing. If we get divorced, I get it all. Right? If he get, if he dies first, I get it all. So, what's the risk? And depending on how healthy everybody is and the state of their marriage, that's going to be the value of her of her Ksuba. So we evaluate how much a person we want to give. In case she gets, becomes a widow or gets divorced, and at the same time, there's a chance that if she dies first, the husband is going to inherit her. And whatever value she could sell it for right now, that is how, how much the Eden Zaymim need to pay. Now, these are the last of the Kanazusha. If you're going to tell me there was no Takanazusha, and when a woman sells something, it is always valid. Amayir Shanabala, incredible. Why do we say the husband's going to inherit it? Tezaving Suvasa Lagamri, let her completely sell her Ksuba, because even if there's a chance that she's going to die first, La My Cigarette, bottom line is, the, it, it's a valid sale. So you see it's a valid sale. What are you saying? That whole discussion is by Nechsei Malug. By Nechsei Malug, you could have a conversation. Right, again, because why by Nechsei Malug, she's completely holding on to ownership. So there's more of a logic to dictate to us that it would be a valid sale. But by Tzayim Barzel, when the husband's shouldering a lot of the responsibility in the Ksuba, see, he's taking on ownership. It's less svara, it's less logic to say that her sale would be a valid sale. Very possibly the hand of the husband could stand in the way of her sale. Period. End of that uh, wrap-up of yesterday's conversation. Here we go. Amr Abay Abay says, Toivas Hana. Toivas Hana. Toivas Hana. The amount that her ksuba is worth before it's actually paid out. Okay? So we walk into uh, Yankul's home. We walk into Yankul's home. And we say, uh, uh, Yankel, you know, your wife is trying to sell her ksuba on the market. Let me ask you a question, Yankel. What's the state of your shalom bias? How's it going? How's it going? Right? There's There's an element of, of uh, depending on the state of their, of their shalom bias, 
of what the uh, discounted value of Aksuba is going to be. So once we've just mentioned that in the previous conversation, let's focus on that a little more. The Tevasana of Aksuba belongs to the wife. Okay? The wife is the one who owns her Aksuba. Because if you're going to say it belongs to the husband, let the witnesses say to her, What loss did we cause you? We said you got your Aksuba already. What the, what the witnesses come in? Again, the top of today's daf. The witnesses came in and they said they were divorced and she got her Aksuba. Turns out she's still married. So the witnesses could say to her, what, did, what loss did we cause you? Are you married? Yeah. Are you getting your ksuba now anyway? No. So show us a loss. Show us a loss. The only thing we tried taking away was future possibility. But right now, what did we take away? So you'll say, oh, what do you mean? There's something called taivasana. The, the fact that she has rights to her ksuba right now, that you almost took away from her. Even if you would have sold the taivasana b'ksuva, bal your husband could have taken that away from you as well. The husband could have taken that as well. So by by uh, being Adam zaimim and that she already received her ksuva, that's the amount that the Adam tried to remove from her. Amar Rav Shalman, Rav Shalman explains mishum de ikach revach beis. He says no. That even if the husband would get that money, the Adam Zaymim still need to pay because there is profit to the home. There's profit to the home, which means like this is incredible. The more money that's in the house, the more uh, the the the, uh, the the more financially stable the home is. The more money is available for her to spend, and therefore, even if the husband, let's say she were to sell the futures, and we were to say that the husband could come back and say to her. What do you mean selling futures? I don't owe you a ksuba yet. And the money you make off of that, maybe should go to me. She still, even though the husband himself is getting the money, more money in the house also means more money that's available for her to use. Because that's how it works inside the house. You know, interestingly, it says, Mashakana Ishakana Baila. What a woman acquires belongs to her husband. Okay? So the Shaila they ask is, when Yaakov Avinu was running away from Lavan, was leaving, running away, was leaving Lavan, so it says he went out to the field and he spoke to Rachel and Leah. He spoke to the two of them to explain the situation and to say, you know, it's, it's time for us to leave. It's time for us to leave and all things your father did. And they, re- and they respond, yes, what our father did is wrong and he's even trying to um, dwindle, you know, remove from us even kaspenu, even our money. That's the expression that they use. Our money, take away. Before Shemal asked, Rachel and Leah, what do you mean our money? I mean our money. It's my money. Yaakov should say to them, what do you mean, our money? I'm the husband here. It's not our money. This is mine. I'm, I'm the one working for your father, for your old man. Not you. Says Rav Pam, Rav Pam says, you see from here that even though in halacha it's true, but it's the achrayas of the husband to make sure that his wife feels that she's a partner. And that the money's the, the money's uh, household money. This is, not, this is not mine. Now again, it is, it is the husband's money and a wife has no, use, no, no right to waste it. The same way a husband has no right to waste it. Right? You can't be an imbecile. But the, the vibe in the home 
has to be one where it's not like, it's not silos. It's not like, this is mine, this is yours. Uh, I, I've learned that I need to give a disclaimer that there's times where it's not so simple, especially on second marriages. It's not a simple thing because there's times where each spouse has their own expenses and it, it does get a little complicated. True. And that, that's also a, an Emma's an, an Dika idea. But the vibe, the vibe in a healthy relationship is that this is ours. This is ours. This is our stuff. Yes, does it need to be separated in different accounts because for, for uh, technicality's sake or for you know, practical sake? Yes. But the, the vibe in the home has to be one that is ours. And that's the Gemara here saying as well. That, that's the Gemara saying, this idea that is the money going to go to the husband? Yeah, it goes to the husband. But the fact that the husband has more money, that, that's helpful to her too. That also has, has value. Amarava, Rava says, you should know, the halacha is that the Tevas Hana of Aksuba, if she sells it, goes to her, and even if those funds are invested or used for something else, the husband does not have rights to the, uh, the additional amount. Rashi says, you know, as we don't demand of the wife to take the money that she just used by selling the futures of Raksuba to purchase land so the husband could eat fruit, he can't demand that of her. My time, huh? The Rabbanan said, listen, if she brings land into the marriage, then you get the fruits. But Fruits are fruits we never made a decree on. And therefore, like this, a woman comes into the marriage with Nechzei Maluk. She sells the futures of it that money we're not mechuyev to take uh, to figure out, you know, we're not mechuyev to take to invest or to buy a field. So husband get to, could get produce from something that was previously sold that he had that he had rights to. You have the rights to Paris. You don't have rights to Paris de Paris. Okay, let's go back now to the end of yesterday's daf and get more into what happened after the chacham made the decree in Usha. That even though by Nechsei Malug, the wife again has full ownership. So she should be able to sell it. She, she, she has full ownership. She's not putting it into Rksuba. She's retaining ownership. The husband has rights to fruits, to, to the Paris. She could sell her property. Except that there's Takana Usha saying she can't because the husband was expecting to inherit her. Let's get more into that. Amri, they said, Tanina Takana Usha. We learned about the decree in Usha. And a woman. If you mess with them, you end up on the uh, tail end of things. You're going to lose out. If you damage them, you're chayev. If they damage you, they don't need to pay you. Why not? They don't have no money. Levit doesn't own anything. And a woman who's, a woman who's married doesn't own anything. It's her husband's. Let's say... It's fascinating. What a woman owns, it goes to her husband, means if a woman were to go ahead and damage, the victim cannot go to the husband and demand payment. The husband's going to say, why would I pay you? Well, your wife damaged me. Yeah, okay. So go to her bank account. She doesn't have one. Okay. You're not taking me to best, and take her to best. I'm not responsible. That's right. Otherwise, any wife that gets upset at her husband will just walk around breaking things and ruin his bank account. Yeah? It's a piggy on ra. If you're going to say there's no takana susha, 
Again, what's Takana Susha that the husband does get it? If you're going to tell the husband does not get it, what does that mean? The wife retains ownership. I don't understand. Why do we say whenever, you da- whenever a married woman damages, she doesn't pay? All her nechsei malug should be available for payment. It's got to be that the, that the Chachamah made a decree in Usha not allowing her to sell it. And the fact that she's not allowed to sell it means that there's rights now given to the husband and he's, he's taka the owner, considered the owner as of now. Says the Gemara, no, that's not what it's saying. It's not giving him rights. You're, you're jumping too far with this. Utamech, according to your reasoning, he granted. Nami also, the East Kanazusha, even if there is the Kanazusha, Vloy Matsi Mazvan the Gamri, Tizavi Nixim Lug Batebasano Batitan Lay. Says the Gemara, that doesn't make any sense. Because even if you're going to tell me that the husband could technically take it back if she dies first, yeah, but there still is value of Taivasana of the futures that she did sell that goes to her. So why don't we say sell, sell you the whatever nechsei malug you currently have has values of futures? A woman damages somebody. Let me just start again. A woman damages somebody. We said she has no money. Ask the Gemara why doesn't she have money? Go to her ksuba or go to her nechsei malug. Say there's values in futures. Get that money and use that money. To pay off. But we don't. Ella de Leslie. So you got to say, maybe there's no Nechsema Malug at all. Achanami de Leslie is maybe in the case of Usha as well. It just means she didn't have any Malug. But let's say she had Nechsema Malug. Let's say she did. Then the Halacha Taka would be, you are Mechuyiv. Ask the Gemara to Zaving Suvasa Why don't we tell her, sell your Ksuba and, and give it to the victim? It's basic questions. Gishmak. Gishmak a question. Says the Gemara. Is there, it's a heavily discounted value, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Michael asked, is there a market for this? Okay? Let's say you know a woman with a $100,000 ksuba. Let's say. Do you know if she's ever going to get it? Do you know if she's ever going to get it? No, who knows? Who knows? But there's a chance. So she's in need of money. She walks over to you and she says, I want to sell you my ksuva. How much would you pay me? What would you give her? If it's $100,000 ksuva, what would you give her right now? Depends. Just throw a number at me. 50000 Very generous. Depends on age. Depends on health. Depends on shalom bias. Okay. Let, let's give a case. She's, she's 50 years old. Her husband's 50 years old. They're in good standing. No reason to assume one way or the other. You know, uh, life expectancy ultimately is uh, similar for both. You go... Might be high or low. Uh, okay, high or low. Uh, what are you going to make off the... Uh, off, uh, put into a CD account, you know, long term, whatever. I don't know, you come to me, I'll be like, listen, I don't deal with this stuff. I'll give you $2,000, I get in dug. Go to you, go to Michael, he's giving 50000 It's a big risk, Mike, I don't know. A generous guy. Yeah, we try, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. Um, but what is it? What is it? So, the Gemara is saying like this. The Gemara says, if a woman damn, why don't we let her sell her ksuva for a heavily discounted price and obligate her to uh, obligate her to give that to uh, to the victim? Says the Gemara, her money. I'll tell you who's the author of Amishar, of Meir, he, the Amar, Asle, Adam, Shiasha, Sishtai, Afilisha, Achas, Baikshuva. I'll tell you, first of all, the reason why we can't tell her to sell her Ksuva is because it's forbidden to be married 
without a ksuba. Says the, and therefore you can't tell her to go sell it. Says the Gemara, one second. Time am I. What's the reason why you can't, why you can't be married to a woman with a Okay, by the way, any marriage, a wife must have access to her ksuva. Not she has to have it. She doesn't need to have it. Doesn't mean to be in the same house as her. She has to know how to get it. If she doesn't know how to get it, this is women's rights protection. Okay, this is women's rights going back many, many years. You're not allowed to live together. If a woman does not know where her ksuva is or does not have access to the ksuva, to protect women, you're not allowed to live together. Why? Time am I, why can't you live with your wife? Why can't you be together if she doesn't have a ksuva? We don't want it to be easy for a husband to marry a woman, use her, and then divorce her without having a heavy financial penalty. It's to protect women. We don't want women standing under the chuppah and a week later uh, her husband's uh, laying eyes on somebody else or whatever it is and it's too easy to get divorced because they trusted each other in the beginning. That's a big problem both in business and in relationships. But I thought uh, we trusted. You didn't get in writing. Nothing happened. right? But we knew nothing would happen. There's Rabbanim. It's not mainstream yet. It's not mainstream yet. I... Uh, unless I'm wrong, maybe there's somebody who's smarter than me talking about. I, unless I'm wrong, I yearn for the day where his brother, there are Rabbanim, they will not be Masada Kedushin um, at weddings unless there is a get prenup. A get prenup, it's a big deal. A get prenup is that the, the yeah, uh, requiring, requiring that if, if uh, an agreed upon Bezdin insists upon a get that it's a legal document stating that he's going to pay her. And I, I think it's a, I, I think you, the best time to do it is in the beginning. When there's no problem. is before there's a problem. Before there's a problem. I think it's a, I think it's a, fa- I think it's a powerful idea. I personally don't. I don't, I don't demand it. But I think it's a powerful idea. I've heard of I've heard of Rabbanim that are Makbid, not in the Yeshiva Shavelt. In the Yeshiva world, it's not a mainstream idea yet. In uh, in other areas of the Orthodox world it is it is demanded. Yeah, it is it is brought out, recommended and demanded. Again, on the surface it seems like a good idea to do. I, I haven't delved in it too deep, but I think it would be fascinating if there ever comes a day where it becomes like mainstream. This is just what a uh, you know, it's expected that that um, every chassan, because they care about their kala, writes that I'll never weaponize this. I'll never withhold the get as a, as a weapon. But be it as it may, says the Gemara, we want to, what's the whole reason why, why a woman needs access to ksuva? So should it be easy to divorce her? But over here, even if she sells her ksuba, nothing changed. What's the problem? Says the Gemara, let her sell her ksuba. Why? Because it's still going to cost him money to divorce her. She, he might not pay her, but he'll pay the other guy. So that can't be the reason. Says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, and I'll tell you why we don't obligate her to sell the ksuba. We don't obligate her to sell the ksuba because taivasana are words, and words are not mishabit. Okay? So what are you selling? You're selling futures. And futures don't doesn't give you a lien 
on something that's not currently in existence. Says the Gemara, why not? If there's financial value on it, let it be, let it be real. Let her, and therefore obligate her to sell it to pay back whoever she damaged. So Gemara says, you're right, maybe we should do that. The reason why we don't, if a woman damages somebody, she does not need, a married woman, she does not need to pay, is in, instead of, um, and the question was, I have her sell her ksuba? Says Gemara, no. Here's the problem. If somebody sells an IOU to somebody else, Ruvain lends money to Shimon. Shimon owes Ruvain now $1,000. Ruvain walks over to Yankel. He says, Yankel, see, Shimon owes me $1,000. Here's the IOU. He's going to have to pay me. I'll sell you the IOU. I need money now. He doesn't have the money now. I'll sell it to you for $800. But you'll get the 1000 Your uncle says, sounds wonderful. See, he purchases the IOU for $800. Ruvain, the original lender, now goes and he's Michael the law. He's Michael the law. Huh? Says Shmuel, Machel. The loan is forgiven. Why not? Good. Very good. Rabbi Ravinsky is asking what's the logic. There's Gemara elsewhere that gets more. There's a big sugya in this. And the sugya has to do with the strength of the sale vis-a-vis nothing tangible was ever sold. And since there was nothing tangible ever sold with the, the, the Gemara... In, uh, in Baba Basra goes, uh, goes through this And basically calls it a sale But it's called a weak sale Because nothing was handed over And therefore the lender The original lender Still has access to uh, Still has access to it Which, which basically means what? No exactly No one would ever buy it And that's what we're saying over. So let's go But feel the Yairish Michael And even the guy's Yairish Would be Michael And therefore you're not going to Obligate a woman again To sell her ksuva Because that, that's what's going to happen If you tell a woman Sell the value of your to somebody. What happens if she's Michael it to her husband afterwards? So it never has value. And that's what we're going to say over here. Let her sell the ksuva and give the money to the and give the money to the person who she hurt. And if she ends up forgetting forgiving her husband, she'll forgive it. But the bottom line is she paid off her debt. Now it says the Gemara, fine, no one's gonna to want to do it. But if you find somebody who does it. She has money. Amri, they said, That's ridiculous. We don't enter into situations and start forcing sales in halacha that are ridiculous and are too easy to upend. Maybe you're going to say, let her sell the ksuva. Maybe we'll say, let her sell her ksuva to the victim. Let her sell to the to the victim. Now the victim's gonna have um, uh, gonna have rights, top of Ahmed Bays. The like a even if she forgives her husband, the victim is not gonna lose out. You know why? Either way, she's not giving him money now. So let her give the, the ksuba to this guy. At least there's a chance that he'll be paid back. And if not now, he'll get it later. When she ultimately gets her ksuba, Saif Saif Kolagabi Val Bal Vade Machla, still we're gonna say that if it's with her husband. 
So she's certainly going to end up forgiving the whole ksuba and and we don't start bothering Bezdin with things that are never going to happen, which is a powerful and fascinating uh, concept. I wish we had more time to focus on it, but ultimately the logic the Gemara here is saying is Bezdin's time is valuable. We don't deal with the- theatricals and theoreticals and, and Mishigasen, uh, we're not going to bother the Chachamim to start writing up all these court cases, documentation, just so you can have a possibility, which is never going to happen, of a woman selling her ksuba to the victim, giving over her ksuba, and going through all the documentation and everything, and then she walks out of Bezin and says to her husband, I'm Eichelet, <laughs> nothing ever, <laughs> and now the guy's not getting anything anyway. You just wasted Bezin's time, we don't waste people's time. That's the Gemara saying, and therefore, uh, if uh, and therefore, if you if you uh, a woman damages somebody, piggy asunra, it's piggy asunra. Go through the whole process. She can easily be Michael. We're not going there. Okay. Says the Gemara like this. So the the so that the ketubah is just an insurance policy for the wife while she's a wife. Exactly. Not a exactly tangible negotiating tool. Exactly, beautiful. That's exactly that's exactly what Aksuba's doing there, and Aksuba's the Ravon. That's why the rabbis instituted it. People talk about women's rights and women. It was it's been women women's protection for quite some time in the uh, in the world of Torah. And what's that protection? It's Aksuba. Okay. Says Gemara the time of this one the What if a married woman wounds her husband? We said if a woman wounds somebody, she doesn't need to pay. What if she wounds her husband? Could the husband deduct from her, p- from future potential ksuva payments? Could a husband say, you know, a, a parent says, okay, I'm deducting it from your allowance. You broke the window. You know, So could a husband say, listen, you hurt me. There's a chance I'm going to have to pay you $50,000. You caused me now $1,500 in damages. So the ksuba is going down to 48500 yeah, we're gonna take. We're gonna knock fifteen hundred dollars off the potential ksuva. She does not lose out her ksuva. Says Maramai, why not? Let her give over her ksuba to her husband uh-huh. at the lower rate that we wanted earlier. Because then, even if she for, what's the whole reason why you couldn't do it? She might forgive the ksuba. Well, if she forgives the whole ksuba to the husband, guess what happens? He makes even more money. What's she going to say? Oh, maybe she's never going to get the ksuba. She might be Michaelit. Well, if she hurt the, if she hurt her husband, and now she and the guy owes her, uh, and, and he potentially owes her forty eight thousand five hundred as opposed to fifty thousand, because she did fifteen hundred dollars in damage. But what she, what, what what might she do? Be Michael the whole thing? So now he made fifty thousand dollars. What's the problem? What's the problem? He doesn't have to pay anything. Answer the Gemara: Havade Reb Meir he the Amar Asal Adam Shiashes by Filu Shachas by Ksuba. The problem is now they can't stay married anymore because if she's Michael, if she if she's Michael, then she has no Ksuba and they can't stay married. The time of my Kadesh Loite Kalabein of Leitzia. What's the reason why? So that it shouldn't be easy to divorce one's wife. Hacha. But uh, in in this case, Megarishla. He could divorce her. So here's what happens. And this is, this is where this case actually starts being more sensible. Get ready for this. A woman wounds her husband. Let's say she has a $50,000 ksuba. 
She wounds her husband. He has, let's call it, make it easy, $10,000 in medical bills. There's $10,000 in damages she has to pay. Is she going to pay him? No. She doesn't have any money. But what happens if a woman physically abuses her husband? What's he probably going to do? Get divorced. Right? So now if he divorces her, she's going to get her ksuba, and now she should pay him. She has money. So ask the Gemara if she wounds her husband, he'll pay her her ksuba, and now she has money to pay. Hacha, over here, Megarishla, he could divorce her, the and collect the, the damages from her ksuba. Ihachi, and therefore, if this is possible, if this is Shaykh, Hashtunami, now also, Megarishla, the even if. She um, she's not Michael Luxuba. Let her. Uh, he's allowed to divorce her and collect the money. So, what's the issue of obligating her to give her to to pay her husband? What's the problem? So, the Gemara now is asking. You're right. It makes sense why she wouldn't pay anybody else. But if a woman damages her husband, there should be payment. So, the Gemara answers. We're dealing with a very high amount in the Ksuva, the Mishum, Hahu Porta, where that uh, small amount, Tuva, he's not going to want to lose um, a, uh, a tremendous amount of, of money. Okay? So if he owes her, let's say, $50,000, but the amount of the injury is uh, it's much less, it wouldn't make sense for the husband to divorce his wife, and therefore we're not going to make this halacha based upon, you know, $50,000, $10,000. What if she caused him $50 in damage? No, you have to make a consistent halacha. You can't make a halacha. Like, you have to pay, a woman would have to pay her husband if she did $10,000 in damage and they got divorced. But if she does $1.50 in damage, so then, then we're not going to start with that. And therefore there's no, there's no payment at all. Yeah. Yeah, but the question is right now, could you obligate her to pay? Could you obligate her to sell the ksuba? But Taiba said, no, we want to right now. No, but if, it, if, it, if he ends up having to pay her for some reason, yeah. so then he can collect, because at that time, he's paying, she's paying it back. Good. Nachon, you will have to. Okay. You will have to, absolutely. Yeah, the mission said, eventually, once she makes money, she'll have to pay. That's anybody. Let's say ksuva is more than the ksuva daraisa, nukma ksuva daraisa. So we establish it in the amount of a ksuva daraisa, which is 200 zuz. And let the rest, let her sell it to him for the damage she did. So maybe we're dealing with a case where it's not any anymore, it's a standard amount. So let's say she owes him four zuz, she did four zuz of damage out of the 200. Because the 400, because the, the four zuz, I'm sorry, he's not going to want to lose out. Uh, he's not going to w- want to lose out so much more. This learned in the Brisa, the same way she cannot sell her ksuva while she's married to him because she needs access to a ksuva. So too, she doesn't lose her ksuva while she is, uh, she doesn't lose her ksuva while she's married to him. Let's say she damages somebody. Says, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. There are times where 
she is going to lose her ksuva. Vehichidami, for example, going to nefisha ksuvasa miksuva daraisa. So why does the brisa say that a woman doesn't pay her ksuva at all? You're, we're establishing right now that you really would pay, except that it's not more than the biblical mitzvah. So the Gemara says like this. Let's let's just talk for a minute. The Gemara at this stage wants to paskin that let's say she would be worthy. I'm not worthy. Let's say she would have a ksuba of two hundred zuz plus. $10,000. Let's just say. The husband wrote more. So biblically, she needs to have 200 zuz access. That extra money, that extra money is, is just there. So the Gemara at this point is thinking that you don't go less than 200 zuz because we need, they, they need to have full value exuba to make sure he doesn't uh, divorce her or not treat her right. But the $10,000 could be used for payment because even if she uses up the part of the ksuba, that the, the extra $10,000, You'll still have enough of a of a uh, of the minimum amount. Now, if that's true, we would have a case where a woman does pay when she injures. The problem is, our Mishnah said piggy and ra. A woman never pays for her injury. So, which one is it? Amarava Rav explains seifa ason leksuvas benindich. In the case of the brisa, is uh, is uh, dealing with leksuva of benin dichrin. Leksuvas benin dichrin. Okay, but um, the um, and this is what it means. Now, we'll explain what a ksuvas ben is in, in, in a moment. And what it says is, just like when a woman sells a ksuva to somebody else, she does not lose out from a ksuvas ben That's not lost. My time, or why not? Because it was only money that she sold it for. My time, it was only for money that forced her, uh, there's only money that forced her to make a sale. Now, what's Ksuvah Aspen and Dichren? So, Ksuvah Aspen and Dichren is that um, if a husband has two wives, if a husband has two wives, so the first wife wants to make sure that everything that she has stays within her family. And the, um, the, any, Money that's meant to go to her should be given directly to her children and not the other wife's uh, and not the other wife's children. So, um, if you marry a woman, you owe her her ksuba, and if she dies, all that money goes to her children. Well, what happens if you take on a? Uh, what happens if you take on a second wife? So the second wife is only going to receive money from the estate if there's anything less which can be much less than 